You're listening to Music You're Missing. I'm Brendan Genetti, and today I am bringing you Chillum. And you know the bass is connected with Chillum for quite some time now. I think honestly almost a year. We've just been kind of back and forth on social media and I can tell you this, this man is so supportive of music you're missing. We've highlighted a few of his tracks previously and I'm so excited that I'm actually able to finally talk to him. Um, I honestly think he does such a really great job of encompassing his personality in his music which is honestly like what I look for when I am looking for a new indie artist to obsess over. Uh, If you're not familiar with Chillum, he really brings the table a unique and genre bending style that it's it's very unique to him you can tell he draws inspiration from the mile high city where he's based in that is denver colorado um because his latest track snow is about getting high in the snow um his work has gained support from curators at apple music with editorial placement on indie pop and new and indie and of course his face is on the cover of the music you're missing spotify playlist right now and if you go to the music you're missing spotify playlist you will hear our favorite Chillum tracks streaming at the top. That's pretty much all for me. If you're not familiar with Music You're Missing, all I gotta say is go follow us on Instagram or TikTok at Music You're Missing and you'll get acquainted real soon. I'm gonna stop talking now because I am so excited to bring you Chillum. You're definitely like a nature guy. Um, You're in Denver, Colorado, right? I sure am, yeah. Originally from Connecticut. I am. I was going to ask you, I know you're based in Boston, but where are you? You're an East Coast guy as well, right? Yeah, of course. So I, I mean, I used to live in the city. I just moved back to my hometown, actually. Shout out Walpole. When did you leave Connecticut? Um, I left Connecticut when I went to college in Vermont. I went to UVM no uh, way. for two years. Yeah, and up in Burlington. Dude, I uh, love Burlington. I was just there for New Year's. Burlington is dope. It's such a great city. Um, yeah, I, I loved it. I loved UVM. I just was not doing anything music related. And I was like, you know what? Uh, this is not really <laughs> what I'm trying to do. Um, so I left and then I moved to LA from there to go to music school, um, at Icon Collective for a year. Cool. Um, and then COVID brought me home and then now I'm back out in Denver. <laughs> UVM. That, I was, so when I was there recently, I was there for a show and I didn't realize how heavy the music scene was there. I do think that like the vibe of the city, I really enjoyed. And I think that, you know, it might've definitely influenced just being in that kind of surrounded by those types of people. And in that like beautiful nature environment, definitely kind of shapes a little bit of what you're listening to, but it was really nice too to like have higher ground right there and be able to get all the shows there and stuff. That was awesome. And then you made the move to L.A. to switch it up a bit, which I think is a really commendable uh, effort. You know, when you are pursuing music, I think people think they need like that uh, backup degree and something else. Um, But if you're pursuing music at the end of the day, you're going to want to put all of your resources towards that goal. Yeah, exactly. That's that's, that was kind of the thought. Like I was two years through my degree and I like I remember like calling my parents and being like, you know, like I've decided that after I'm done with my degree, like I want to go and do music like in LA. Like I found this school that I really want to try. And they're like, why would you pay two more years of school and like put yourself through that? If you know, like you want to do something else. And I was like, that's, that's a good point. (laughs) So tell me about the schooling. It was in LA. Was that super helpful or did you find, what did you make of it more so? Yeah, I loved it. I, I think, um, it's a little bit different than like a typical four year, like university. So it was like a one year, 12 month continuous program. Um, and I think, you know, like any type of school, it is kind of what, what you make of it. You know, there's definitely people there that are 
not putting their focus into it. And that's, you know, to each their own. But I think that there was a group of people that were like really committed and really into it. And I think, you know, the, the staff there was great because, and all the teachers, cause they were industry people, you know? And so I learned only the things that I needed to learn. I didn't have to take like random stuff that was un- irrelevant to like what I'm trying to do. Yeah. Um, so that was amazing, but also just like the group of people that was like really focused. Like, I feel like just having some peers, like learning things around you at the same time where I could like go to their house after class and like talk about stuff and figure it out. was like the most helpful thing probably. And a lot of them are still friends and still really pursuing music. So that's cool too. When you do have a network, network of people who can kind of relate and understand that is super helpful for the mental health and also just to, you know, like make sure you're, you're keeping your head up in the game. Exactly. Yeah. They'll be like, Hey, did you hear this new thing? Like that's, I was on Audius like really early because I heard of it from a friend. I was like, Oh, you know, I'll try it. Sure. Like, you know, just kind of hearing things like that, I feel like is always really helpful in this. Speaking of, you know, what's something that I feel like, I don't know though, actually, because I've been saying this for a while and it hasn't really had its moment yet, but I feel like it will and it wouldn't hurt to leverage. It's this app called Bop Drop, not, not sponsored. Uh, it's basically like you just share what you're listening to for that day. But I posted on it uh, like on behalf of the playlist before. And it, it has like that algorithm like TikTok where it just shoots out to people who, who don't know you. Um, and like, yeah, you can like post your own music and stuff. Really cool. I'll have to check that out. I haven't heard of that one. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I wonder the longevity of it because it's just sharing, you know, one song a day. Um Maybe it could be integrated into a larger scale platform. I don't know. But at at least for the time being, it it seems (laughs) as if um, artists could definitely benefit from it. Yeah, that's super cool. So we're in Colorado. Uh, Why why Colorado? How did we get there? Yeah, so I was at home for the pandemic and I was making music there. And I knew I wanted to move back to like a big city. And I have a girlfriend who I've been with for like five years. So we knew she had just been grad. Like she, I met her at UVM. Um, so, and then we did long distance for two years while I was in LA and then she graduated right at the height of the pandemic. And so we were like, all right, like, what are we going to do now? Um, and we thought about LA, but it's just like, it's kind of a lot, you know, <laughs> it's, uh, it's expensive and it's just busy and crazy. And so we were like, maybe something a little bit, a step back from that. Um, and the music scene in Denver is amazing and I love snowboarding in the mountains. Um, so kind of all seem to work out her brothers here too. So, um, we kind of have some people we know in the area, so we're not just like isolated. Um, yeah. So that's kind of what brought us out here. I never knew what their music scene was like. Are you able to like gig around? Not quite yet. Um, but the audience like is there for sure. And like, I know this because like, for example, when like a I always like look at the artists that I compare myself to when they come around and see, you know, how in demand their shows are and Mm -hmm. stuff. And like, um, still woozy, who's like a big, you know, he's one of my favorites and like, he's coming in a few months and his tickets were released on like a Monday. And I was like, all right, like I'll wait to buy them till Friday, you know, when I get paid or whatever. And like the tickets were gone in like a day. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then now like resale, they're like the highest out of like any of his stops. So I feel like there's like a ton of demand for that type of music in the area, which I think Definitely. is really cool. That's funny. You mentioned it today, still woozy's in Boston and I really wanted to go to the show, but I have, I have something at later tonight and I was looking at tickets. I was like, can I blow this off and get tickets? And they were like a hundred bucks. I was like, I don't think I can do resale for a hundred bucks right now. I know. And here they're like 150. I was so, I was so bummed when I was like, I could have got them for like 40 bucks the day they came out. And I was right? like, I'll just wait a few days. Mistake. It's kind of wild. Yeah. I'm used to getting free tickets. So when I have to pay for tickets, I, I like, I hate it. I feel like I'm <laughs> like, 
putting a lot of money into it. And I'm like, Jesus, like these are, so, you have to be like pre-sale to get somewhat affordable price just to see even a lower, not lower, but like lesser known artists. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's gotten crazy for sure. <laughs> so there's definitely a market for your music. Like you said, what is it? Have you, have you been able to play live? And if so, what does it look like? Cause I feel like, you know, your music's definitely complex. Yeah. And I actually haven't really had an opportunity uh, on this project to like play my music out live. Um, Cause I kind of start, I really didn't ramp up until like the latter half of 2020, like the latter half of 2019, beginning of 2020 is when I really started releasing music and then like the pandemic hit. So that made it not really an option at all. And so now I, and at the time I didn't really have much of an audience either. Um, and I was kind of like bouncing around between places. So it was like hard to figure out. Um, I would love to though. I, I, it's really something I'm trying to get on the radar soon. Uh, how I'm going to arrange it is a good question. Um, I think ideally I would love to do it more in like a band format with like a few other people on stage. Um, and I have a lot of friends that like could help me out with that. Um, it just, kind of depends on like what type of opportunity I get first. You know, I think for me, the dream would be maybe to have like an opening spot on like a tour or something like that. So I could kind of, as opposed to like just going and playing a one night show at like a bar or something or like a club around here, because that way I could at least like get together some few people that I know could really help do justice to the songs and like practice it and like get it all ready for something that was a little bit more extended than just like that one night. Definitely. I mean, and like I said, your music definitely merits that kind of like full bodied performance. There's, there's a lot of moving parts when you listen to it. It would be really hard to, to do just me, I think, and have it feel authentic, you know? Yeah. I feel like we have a similar music taste. Um, I was listening through one of your, uh, playlists and I also saw that you recommended we talk to okay. Will, which is really funny because when we first, like I first started music, you're missing when I was in college, just like a six episode thing. He was the first person I interviewed ever. Um, I've been a huge fan of his ever since. I think he's like so talented. His music is so cool. I think it just needs to, you know, catch the right people. Um, I so agree. Yeah, he's awesome. Are you connected with him? I feel like you could absolutely connect with him and work with him. I would love to hear a collab. I would love that. I am not connected with him in any way. Um, I just love it. (laughs) I like stumbled across it one day and I was like, this is so sick. So unique. Like I love people that kind of have a very authentic, like organic sound, but like bring electronic elements into it in like a creative and like kind of nuanced way. And like, you just had like magic city hippies who are like so sick in that way also. Um, yeah, I I love that type of stuff. Yeah. Magic city hippies. That was a really cool. I I honestly hadn't heard of them. I just discovered them because they were coming to our venue. I'm obsessed with them. It's all I've been listening to really just kind of funky, I don't even know what you call it, like EDM. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's that's what I love. It's like, what is it? I don't really know. Yeah, and I don't care. <laughs> so, Chillum, where did we get that name from? That was uh, kind of like I was at school and I was like, I need to, you know, put together a project. I want to have like a name so I can start releasing stuff. And I was trying to find something that would fit. I knew I wasn't going to, you know, originally I wanted to make like dubstep and like, bass music. And I was like, you know, I'm kind of going away from that direction. I want to do like more guitar and singing and stuff like that. And I, I was trying to, I was really struggling to come up with something. So I kind of like sampled like all the people I knew. I was like, Hey, like, you know, I'm doing music. Like give me three of your, three of your best picks of, of a name. And my sister actually thought of it. She was, that was her name. And I was like, I saw it written. And I was like, that that's it for sure. That's all. That's good. <laughs> that's so I, funny. 
Yeah. And I, you know, of course you do like the Google, make sure nobody else has it, make sure it's nice and, you know, niche and all that. But yeah, that was, she's credit to her for the name. <laughs> okay. So that's funny that it was, it came from your sister because I thought, at, so a chillum, at least in, in my life is like a weed smoking device. It sure is. Yeah, a little, <laughs> little one hitter. <laughs> I, I didn't honestly, I didn't know what it was until like a year ago when dispensaries became a thing. And I was like, what the fuck is a chillum? And why is it like $11? I'll take a, yeah. Take a bunch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you throw the H in there and then people that aren't, aren't hip to it are like, oh, it's chill hum, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so it works either way. <laughs> I, uh, I, I did a Google. I was like, I wonder what comes up and you're the first thing that, that comes up. So that's awesome. Good for you. Get that SEO. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> um, I think the first song that I heard of yours was like that. Um, Deadass also has been a staple in my music library. I had it on a personal playlist of mine called uh, Good Shower, which <laughs> I, like yeah. if you make it on that playlist, that you're, it's genuinely a, a favorite of mine. Um, I'm flattered. I'm flattered. <laughs> do you remember how we first connected? I think I honestly just kind of discovered your song now, like on Spotify or something. Yeah, I think I had followed you because you interviewed somebody that I was listening to. I followed you on Instagram. Um, and from there, I think I submitted to your, I might've submitted to your playlist like a couple times or something like that. You had been super supportive. I forget what the first song I submitted. Maybe it was that, that EP with like that probably it was the first one. I'm trying to remember what interview it might've been Versace or like, uh, it might've even been like, did you interview uh, frugal? Yeah. It might've been that. Ago. Yeah, that might have been when I followed you guys. And then I was kind of just like silently lurking. And then I submitted <laughs> to the playlist. And I think that might have been what, what kicked it off. Frugal and Versace, I, I both kind of feel like they, they vibe with your your sound for sure. Yeah, uh, Versace especially, I feel like was like somebody that I heard when I was kind of trying to decide which direction I wanted to go in with my style. And I heard the way he was kind of mixing like the electronic stuff with like the really organic acoustic stuff. And I was like, that... And I saw that he was kind of popular too. So I was yeah. like, oh, there's like a market for this and like he's doing it really well. So I definitely like saw that. And then Frugal is like a really cool guy. I feel like he was one of the first people that was like really nice to me about my music who was like had been had some more experience in the industry and yeah. stuff. So he I've been following for a while just because he's like a super cool guy for sure. And his music's awesome, obviously. For sure. Well. His song Riding With Me is all it's on my shower playlist. Uh, <laughs> yeah. it, it is truly like one of one of uh, my favorites as well. So that's interesting. How often do you network with other artists and like for what? Like, do you want like, is it for collaboration or is it just for kind of just like, I don't know, like keep each other in the loop? Yeah, it can, it can be both. I think, um, you know, when I come across like other indie artists that are doing something that I think is really cool. I, I like to just like reach out, not really with anything intended, just kind of just so they know who I am. And so they yeah. know that I'm like supportive of what they're doing. Cause I don't know. I know it means a lot. Like when you get a random message from somebody like, Hey, what you're doing is really sick. Like keep it up. So I try to pay that out. Like wherever, whenever it feels authentic. And like, if I come across somebody randomly that I think is really doing something cool, I always try to reach out. And sometimes they, reciprocate and sometimes not but either way i've met a lot of really cool people that way for sure <laughs> that's awesome do you have any plans to uh collaborate with any of the artists like on an actual track for sure i think um 
I'm working on like a little four song EP right now. Um, and I'm hoping to have that finished kind of like by the end of the month or maybe early next month. Um, but after that, I'm going to try to do like a bunch of collaborations, um, with all these people that I've like had lined up for mad long. Like, um, I, I have that song with Devin Sawyer. She's awesome. I really want to do more with her. Um, Lenny Rayan, I just came across the other day and she is awesome. If you haven't heard of her, you should check her out for sure. You said um, Lenny Rayan. Like, Lenny Rayen. It's like R-A-Y-E-N. I think that's how you say it. I could be, I could nice. be wrong, but um, <laughs> my, my homie Brennan, who I met at school, he's got an awesome voice. Um, he does like indie pop electronic too. Um, so I have like a lineup, like a snocker who now is called uh, Daisy. He just produced um, Sunroof by Nikki Yor, which is like going crazy right now. And he's, he's another one that I met like that same way. Um, he used to be snocker and he did like that remix uh, for Mowgli. Um, I forget the title of the song, but it got like some crazy, and he produced a song for rule and stuff. Um, so he's done some crazy stuff. I might try to put together like a little collaborative project with all these people that that's I've been awesome. like around to. I mean, that's cool that you are able to like build these relationships while I assume not being in the same city. Have you ever heard of the artist <laughs> Scoobert Dubert? I saw them on your uh, on your past interviews, but I haven't heard too much of their yeah, music. Yeah, honestly, I feel like just from what I know from your playlist and your actual music, I feel like you'd really like his music. Whether or not it's to you know be friends or just listen to him, I feel like you should definitely check him out. I will for sure. So let's talk about the music. You had briefly talked about like finding your sound. What was it that actually kind of made you define what Chillum would sound like? Yeah, I mean. I think that, like I said, I started off doing like electronic stuff. Initially, I wasn't even going to sing on my music. And then kind of like being through again in that like environment surrounded by people um, who were trying to do the same thing. I kind of realized that, you know, in this industry, you have the best chance when you're bringing together all your natural strengths. And for me, I was somebody that grew up like playing guitar and singing since I was like in middle school. So I was like, it kind of doesn't make sense to, to do electronic music with no vocals and no guitar or anything. Since that's like one of the things that I kind of have, that's a little bit unique compared to some other folks. Um, so that was like, I was like, all right, I need to include this somehow. And then I got exposed just because of like my roommates and my friends at the time, they were exposing me to a lot of that, like vocally driven electronic type stuff. And I was like, all right, this is, this is where it's at. And I kind of just kind of started developing from there. Um, it started off more like if you go further, the further back in my catalog, you go the further electronic sounding things are. I, think. I noticed that today, actually, when I was, I was listening through your catalog. Yeah. And I think that's a pattern that's kind of continuing through, um, Cause I mean, I love electronic stuff, but like there's something about like a well-written vocal and lyrics that are, that are really relatable. And like, I don't know, that's, that's where I've found I really, what I really love. And I think that when you're figuring out your sound as an artist, I think the important thing is just like to go authentically off of like what you really love and try to, trying to like figure that out can be kind of hard. I think for yeah. a lot of people at the beginning, like, I, cause you, I, at least, you know, most people getting into music, like a lot of different things like me. And so I was like, I don't know what I like the most. And I think kind of like looking back at music I listened to as a kid and like all through, through, you know, my adolescence and stuff, it was all vocally driven, like lots of guitar. And so I was like, I think that's going to gotta be like a pinnacle of my sound for sure. I feel like independent artists 
now, obviously, because you're releasing your music as you make it. It's interesting because when you first start out, like obviously you're still learning. And I mean, as you keep going, you're still learning and your sounds constantly evolving. And it's like, when do you actually when can you actually like define it? Um, I Do you feel like now you have like a the most solid understanding of, of where you want to take your music? Yeah, I definitely definitely think now more than ever. And I think it always kind of continues to be defined as I go. And I'm sure it'll change, you know, over time. But I definitely feel the most solid in what I'm doing now compared awesome. to ever before. Yeah. What do you think like the biggest things that you've learned, whether it was technical or just industry wise since when you first started? Yeah, technically, I think the biggest thing is how to write and record vocals well. I think that a lot of the time is what separates stuff that sounds more amateur from stuff that sounds like really professional is how the lyrics are written, the arrangement of the song and like how you process the vocals so that you can actually like hear them well over yeah. <laughs> everything else. And I think when I go back on my stuff, like I hear my old music and I'm like, these are really cool ideas. They just don't shine quite how they could if I like knew that kind of those technical components. Um, I think harmony too is another big thing. Like in my new songs, I have a like that I'm working on now, the vocals are just like a lot thicker, a lot more layers, a lot more harmony. So that's a big thing technically. And then on the business side, it's, it's just a lot of like learning what is helpful and what seems helpful, but isn't, you know, yeah. like I've definitely hurt myself in the past, like trying to like get my stuff out there and like using the wrong avenues and then just like totally not helping myself there. So I think just learning like the slow growth and like as authentic as you can be, like finding people individually one at a time is way more helpful than like just trying to get on a, some botted playlist that'll get you a bunch of streams, but like doesn't turn into anything. <laughs> it's similar, like with TikTok. you know, it's, um, I was watching something earlier where somebody was saying, you know, you can get a viral video that gets a million views, but that could be less of a valuable than a video that gets 5,000 views from 5,000 people that are all going to go listen to your catalog and like follow you and be interested in what you're doing, yeah. you know? Um, so I think just like learning that numbers are not a good metric for like your fan base or for like how to build an audience for yourself. For sure. And I like for me, at least too, I don't, I, I've never, I don't look at our listening numbers. Like I don't care. Like it doesn't affect me at all. When I sell like a sponsorship, I don't even give them my listener numbers. I don't care. My whole goal is just so that like things look good. And everyone that works in our circle just knows that like, we just want to have good content and good stuff and follow our mission. That's it. Yeah. And that's what makes you guys cool as a podcast. Cause you get these people that are like, you actually believe in as opposed to like, you know, other, not even necessarily podcasts, but playlists, a lot of playlisting is a lot of the time, such like a money making oh, yeah. thing, you know? So like, it's really nice when you come across a playlist like yours, that's curated by you guys to find actual people that you like, as opposed to like who is willing to pay the most for like the top spot on the playlist. You know? <laughs> no, of course we've had, that's funny that you say that because I mean, uh, on whatever fucking app they are, like Drake has submitted, like his team has submitted his music and I'm like, no, it doesn't make sense. This is so not what we're doing. Um, but anyways, uh, it, learning technically being in a space where you can listen to your old music and like an old project that you were so confident on and then be like, what was I thinking? It's such a funny thing. It's a weird, it's like weird. It's like awesome. Cause you've matured, but you're also like 
cringed out that you would at one point have believed in what you put out. Um, yeah. Do you feel that way? <laughs> totally. And it's weird. Cause I kind of go back and forth. Like sometimes I'll listen to my like very first EP that I ever put out and I'll just be like, wow, this is, this is hard to, hard to get through. <laughs> and sometimes I'll maybe, I don't know what it is, but I'll be like, I'm in a more open-minded mood and I'll listen through it and I'll be like, dang, like that was, that was a really good idea. You know, even though I didn't execute it quite how I would now, like I, I see what I was going for. And I think, you know, I had watched like a couple of your podcasts today and you were asking like a question you kept asking a few people was like, would you delete your old stuff? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I was thinking about it and I was like, you know, probably not. Cause I think there's something cool about when I started doing music, I was, I would look up like artists that I really liked and I would scroll all the way back in their catalog. Like, especially like electronic artists. Like I remember looking up like res on SoundCloud and like scrolling all the way back to her first song on there. And it was like, not very, like you could tell what she <laughs> yeah, was yeah. going for, but like, it was just not the same. And I feel like that was really inspiring. So I feel like I like having it out there, but like, yeah. that's a cool uh, perspective to have actually I because I'm I guess obviously we have two different forms like I would delete my old shit in a heartbeat um, but I definitely understand why you wouldn't want to delete your music and I like I can only imagine how long it takes one song are you do you do everything yourself yeah I do everything except for mastering um, I like getting one more pair pair of ears at the end but yeah, yeah I do everything I do the mixing and all the recording writing all, all that good stuff <laughs> Dude, that would drive me fucking crazy i'm so i can't commit to anything so knowing like when i listen to music i'm like that this sounds great but there's so many other options like that you could put there that would drive me crazy i could never actually make a song so kudos to you <laughs> thank you yeah i think you know when you do it all it's a lot about like really switching gears and like putting on the different hats at the different states the stages of the process you know like I first I'm writing and I'm only thinking like a songwriter, you know, I'm thinking what are the best lyrics? What's the best arrangement? What's the best melody fit for my, vo for my vocal range and things like that. And then like, I have it written. All right. I'm switching over to like the producer mode and I'm like, not if something sounds bad, I'm getting rid of it. If so, you know what I mean? Like yeah. if it needs extra, I'll beef it up. I don't care if I have to get rid of my vocals, you know, it's like, I think it's practicing a lack of like attachment to things. That's the key. <laughs> so Whoa, that you can like, good. yeah. So you can just like get rid of stuff, like without feeling like agonizing over it. Like I spent six hours on this one thing. Like I need to keep it. Like you have to just be like, nah, okay. That's something I actually have been trying to do. Um, it, but <laughs> it actually stems from Buddhism. I was reading this thing. They, there are these monks who spend hours on Dan mandalas. Yes. And then they just, break them or like you know get rid of them and i'm like damn i can i can never do that but i want to be able to do that like that just the the patience that it takes and the lack of attachment uh i don't know i think it could just be helpful and, and transcend to a bunch of other different areas in your life definitely and there's definitely something cathartic about like making a song and being like ah oh, that one's not it and just like <laughs> throwing it in the garbage yeah. you know <laughs> uh, that's so interesting so your latest releases um snow and listen along mm -hmm. came out in december um we highlighted snow i'm a huge fan of that i especially during the winter months now at least where i am uh hits a little differently what is coming what are the next steps tell me what you can yeah so i have those four songs i'm working on um hopefully we'll have them totally finished in the next couple weeks I don't know exactly how I'm going to release them yet. I have a couple different things I'm thinking about, so I haven't quite determined that yet. 
Um, so that's like my next top priority is like finishing those and trying to find a way to get them heard the best I can. Um, I would love to meet, you know, to build out my team a little bit. So it's not just all, all me all the time. <laughs> so not only do you wear multiple hats in the production side, but you, you are your only team member, I assume. Correct. Yeah. You have to handle everything, right? Like the press, the distribution, blah, 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 blah. How do you feel about that? Do you like doing that stuff or are you, like you said, kind of ready for the team? There are parts of it that I enjoy for sure. Um, I've worked with uh, press folks like uh, on two of my releases. I worked with Mammal Sounds, who is through Acid Stag, um, the blog. Um, And they've been really cool. That was like a really good experience just seeing how they kind of like do the press side of things. Um, So that was interesting. I would ideally, I think what would be most valuable to me would be somebody to kind of just like work with like probably like a manager, I think would be the best thing. Somebody, I don't necessarily want to get locked into like a label type thing. Yeah. I, I would obviously consider it if I got a, a good opportunity, don't <laughs> get course. me wrong. <laughs> but um, I think on top of that, I think a manager would be really nice just so I could have somebody who's like fully in the industry and fully looking on the business side. Cause I like doing the business stuff. I'm happy to help. Like I'm happy to do this stuff. I just think that it's hard to be as thorough as somebody that's doing that as their job would be, you know? (laughs) And I mean, someone who's like actually trained in it, I'm actually in an artist management class right now as part of my master's program. And I like thought I knew things and I realized I I don't. (laughs) Um, So yeah, I mean, of course there's so much more another person can, can add to that. Um, It's just a matter of finding that right person and and understanding how, you know, financial distribution works. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, Yeah, exactly. And I wanted them to feel excited about the project too, you know, and I think it just, it's going to take the, somebody who feels passionately enough about it for it to, for it to work. But I think that will really help me. But until then, you know, I'm happy doing it. <laughs> Definitely. So four song EP. So we have that. Um, what else or like, what do we hope for? Um, what do we hope to accomplish this year? Yeah, I would love, uh, I've, you know, I've been working on, building out the TikTok, so i'm hoping maybe i can at some point you do a great of, job man you did amazing I, I almost stole your idea and then i was like you know what i'm too connected with him to start this copyright battle right now hey you know i'm, I'm you know <laughs> I, I i think there's room for for more than one you know <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah i've only really been posting on there since like the beginning of january so i think i'm trying to hopefully we'll be able to convert that into folks that are interested and excited about my music. And I, I think that seems to be the way to get the industry to look at you now. So I'm kind of, <laughs> it does. Yeah. I, I will tell you this. I'm so TikToked out. I don't think I've posted in like months. And when I do, it's like, I, the, the last post I think I made was about my dad buying a sign from TJ Maxx incorrectly. Um, I saw that one. It did really good. <laughs> yeah, see what I, like, yeah, no one ever knows. Like, why did that one get like hundreds of thousands of views? Um, but anyways, yeah, man, it's just like, it's really taking a toll on me lately. I'm like, I don't care. I don't want to do this. It's so annoying. And like, there's so many people DMing. This sounds actually kind of cringy, but from my perspective, <laughs> like there's so many people DMing me like, Oh, we really like you. I really want to like, can you listen to my song or whatever and i'm like we're losing the kind of specialty of what this is and what music is i mean it's so 
like you said, it's really a cool thing when you connect with the right people, but exposure doesn't always, you know, mean the the best. The thing is, the reason I said you're doing it well is because you are like you're connecting with the right people and in that like kind of indie scene. Um, and I think that's really cool and definitely keep that up. I don't mean to to bring you down there, <laughs> but just wanted oh, no. to give you an update on, on my, my life and my opinion. No, on TikTok. I agree. And like for me doing the type of content that I'm doing on there now is like a result of me thinking about it for months. Like, I don't want to do TikTok. I don't want to post on there. Like, I don't understand how to like make something that's interesting every time. And like, I still don't, but like, (laughs) but like, I mean, I think the thing that I've realized about it as opposed to like the platforms that I'm used to is like, it doesn't matter as much. Like you can post six times in a day and like the same person will not probably see all, we'll probably only see one post, you know? So it's like, I think that that's the thing that becomes tough a lot of the time for people. And I, you know, there's other things that bother me about TikTok too. I think one of the things that's really tricky is like when songs blow up on there and they get all the attention from the industry, I think it's, it's great. But like, sometimes what happens is like the song has a really great 20 second portion in it. And then all the industry is like, Oh, this song is going to be the song. It's going to be the song. And they put it out and it's like, yeah, it's great. It gets 20 million streams because of TikTok, But like the artist has trouble retaining fans because they're not a lot of the time, and, you know, sometimes it works great and they're awesome yeah. artists. And they build off of it. But like a lot of the time, I think it's like the artists aren't always ready. And like the songs aren't always like as nuanced and interesting as like a true hit should be, you know, a song, I think the key is like re-listenability, you know, cause if you can get 20 million people to listen once, like that's great. But like how you get a following and how you build a fan base is having people want to come back and go over and over. And I think that's what TikTok kind of misses. You know, you can't really tell from 20 seconds if it's like one of those songs where you're just going to want to hear it all day yeah. long, or if it's just one where you're like, Oh, that's cool. I'll listen to it twice. And then never again. That was probably one of my favorite uh, like readings into TikTok. I think that was a very genuine and honest answer, and I I certainly agree with you. And just from my experience, like you know, when we first started this, TikTok was a, a huge place that we looked at. Like when we first, like we very first started, and we needed some type of traction, we would pull from TikTok, and you know, if we look back at the, our, most of the episodes have been deleted, so I'm not calling you out if you're listening, but, um, if we look at them now, they either, you know, were let go from their label deals or they signed just a single deal and it, they hadn't, uh, withstand that success. And then they also were pigeonholed into a genre because their original song that blew up is about, I'm thinking of one person in particular, but it was about something very specific. Um, and they were pigeonholed into that and they eventually got dropped by their label. And I, I had a feeling that was going to be the case, but I obviously wanted to see how it played out. And that's how it's playing out for a lot of people, unfortunately. Yeah. And I mean, TikTok, they love gimmicks, you know, and like, I, you know, all the respect to like a gimmicky song, um, but they really do well on TikTok. And I think there's like a disconnect between like industry people looking for music and signing these like kind of gimmicky songs and being like, oh, this is going to be the next artist. But it's like, not really. They just kind of had like a really creative idea that's funny in videos and like it works great. But that doesn't always mean that it's like something artistically interesting that folks are going to come back to and listen to over and over. Yeah, 100 percent. Wow. (laughs) And on that note, (laughs) if we were to chat in like one year from now, what are you going to tell me? What, what have we accomplished? What have we done over the past year? Yeah, we, uh, I'll, I would love to have signed with, with management. I think that's like going to be a huge step for me. Um, 
starting to get the shows line, either lined up or like getting some under the belt would be ideal. Um, that's like my two big priorities. Um, and then of course, like I said, you know, building out my social medias so that folks do take me, <laughs> take me seriously. Um, you know, all that type of stuff, maybe a label stuff. I, I really want to do an album. Um, but I am going to be really patient with when I do it. Cause I want it to be special when I have that opportunity. So okay. if like a label came along and we really had faith in me, that would be like something that would be a big, awesome thing to be working on at that in the year's time to have started working on an album. All right. Well, Chillum, thank you so much for calling in. I appreciate that. We finally had the opportunity to connect face to face kind of, um, <laughs> thank you for having me. So thank you so much. I love the show. I love your playlist. Like That's I was so crazy. excited that you <laughs> thank invited you. me on. I'm I'm thrilled, man. <laughs> yeah, no. Oh my god. Thank you for like being excited. I I forget. You know, I literally forget that it's a thing that people can watch and like care about. Um. So I appreciate it. Reggae music in the snow. Seventeen on the.